0: Kelvin Joseph the rookie takes over for Jordan Lewis and Hill throws he's picked another one for Diggs number nine flag on the play another interception and this is Watkins to the end zone but a flag is down
1: looks like it's going to stand.
0: The only thing else I can
1: stand, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! How about them Cowboys
0: indeed? Okay, how about that Cowboys fans? Cowboys win in New
2: Orleans, 27-17. And they took a defensive mentality under the uh, head coaching of interim head coach, Dan Quinn. And we've got a man on the scene, John Machotis, down in New Orleans. And in the hosting chair, as always, is Kevin KT-Turner. So, KT, let's take it away and talk about this one.
1: All right, John, it wasn't pretty, but uh, it was a... That's okay. Uh, coming off of a loss, and that'll get you to eight and four. I'm going to start out and ask you, do you think the outcome of the game's uh, a little bit different if Taysom Hill's finger is not smashed up, but he's not wearing a splint?
2: I don't think the outcome of the game's different. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just questioned him as a passer to begin with. So, obviously, it was a factor, Um but there was a part of me that, I don't know, like I felt like the Cowboys were just kind of, as you would say, playing with their food a little bit there. And it was just it was just yeah. going to be an ugly game no matter what. I just yeah, he was running the ball well. And, and I mean, they were moving it and there were positive things that, that the Saints were doing. I never really felt like they were going to win that game. I just that's not the typical Saints team that we've seen play, especially in the Superdome. So like if you hadn't hadn't watched them play very much or used to when they have played the Cowboys, they've got way better games than that it was almost like if the Cowboys just didn't turn the ball over, like midway through the fourth quarter, when deck through that interception in the middle of the field, you're just kind of like, if you guys just like went three and out there and just punted, like you would be better off there. Like just don't give them any hope. And as long as you don't do that, they're not going to be able to overcome it and drive the length of the field. Like, so I don't know. It, it was an ugly game. It, it was, it's ironic that Mike McCarthy talked to us recently about how they have to win ugly games, especially late in the season. And that's certainly what this was. I mean, when I was watching the guys outside the locker room walk from the field into the locker room, there were some guys that were just really pissed off. You could tell by they weren't happy with the way they played. I mean, Dak Prescott certainly didn't look like a guy that did, just won a football game. I mean, he said after the game that he, he was trying to do too much. He was trying to throw, you know, basically put the dagger in them late and uh, and, and, and trying to do a little too much there. And, and and that's obvious. I mean, I don't think anybody would say that he, he played a great game. And even though the defense had the takeaways, I don't think you'd say the defense played a great game. So... Uh, they found a way to win and move on, but I don't think you look at this game as like, oh yeah, they're ready for they're ready for some serious December football and they're ready they're ready for the playoffs. That's clearly not the case.
1: Well, to me, that's kind of what this time of the year is, though. Um, now maybe we're transitioning out of that, but given the funk this team's kind of been in and some some poor games and not having everyone healthy and having six coaches not there, including your head coach, man, I'm taking a a dirty win in New Orleans at the Superdome all day and really not having too many complaints. We have your questions about the offense and we will dissect that. You know, you're talking about that drive late in the game where they were kind of going for the kill shot. It was funny because on the TV copy, uh, you know, Troy was very critical of Kellen Moore um, right then and kind of what was going on there. I almost thought the Cowboys were still kind of just kind of experimenting with their offense. Like I kind of think they I it felt like they kind of, felt like they had the game in hand and, you know, we knew that the Saints weren't going to score on you. <laughs> kind of, that's that's kind of what I, my feelings were from my couch. Obviously, yeah, the smart thing to do might just be, let's run the ball three times and take, you know, uh, 40 seconds off the clock each time. But I kind of felt like the Cowboys were still trying to work some things out on offense.
2: No, that's a good point. That is a possibility. And I just will say this, uh, you know, Thursday night games in the Superdome really aren't a great spot to to work on things, but Hey, I, I here's my thing with, with the offense. Like I'm, I'm fine on the offense. If, if it's just the passing game is the issue, because I think the passing game will get fixed. I, I, as long as Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb are out there, that'll get fixed. That's not a question. It's that running game and how awful that running game looked. Because this team isn't going to win playoff games if they cannot establish the run. And aside from the one Tony Pollard run, the run was awful.
1: No, you're right. And, and, and they're putting themselves in a lot of uh, bad like situations, too. By not being able to run the ball, and it's forcing third and longs and and things like that, and it it is ironic that once they started trying to run the ball outside, that was the Tony Pollard play, uh, Tony Pollard play, but man, Tony Pollard deserves a lot of credit on that play because that play looked like it could have been a loss uh, on that sweep uh, toss to the left, and that's the you know play of the game, that's the game changing play for sure, but man, his speed. Uh, gave him just a little bit of a gap between a defender that was closing in on him behind the line of scrimmage. And he was able to get outside, but it was like, man, it was good because they just tried to run Zeke up the middle, you know, fuck. You're just getting a lot of that and not a ton of creative run plays. And by the way, I'm in the camp of, can we, can we seriously talk about Zeke not playing for a couple weeks? Like, just get right. Like it's, it's time. It's time for him to not play. And get right. He does not look good running. So I think there's a lot going on with the running game that they gotta figure out. But I did think maybe they found something there on that toss play because Tony Pollard with his speed was able to, you know, take it to the house. And that was the game changing play of the night.
2: Yeah, I noticed Lyle Collins and uh Zach Martin coming off the field in, in the fourth quarter after one of those drives where one of those many three and outs. But uh and they just look really frustrated. And I don't know if it was at other teammates. I don't know if it was uh, at themselves because they couldn't get things going, but you can tell that they're not pleased with what's going on. And, and the main thing is, is certainly the running game. I mean, that's what this team was built on. That's why you draft Tyron Smith in the first round and, and Zach Martin in the first round. And you get a Lyle Collins is that you want to be able to lean on teams and run on them. That's why you spend a top five pick on, on Ezekiel Elliott and I know things have changed since then, uh, and and they have to adapt to that too. But I, I agree with your point that it might be time to to rest him for at least a game, uh, and, and let Tony Pollard get those extra touches. I, but I just, it's 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 I just, you know, fans. Whether it's I just feel like it doesn't matter what the sport is, or if it's an outcome of a game, or it's something that's wrong with the offense or defense. They want just that one answer, and it's never one thing. It's never, ever one thing. It's not like Zeke is just banged up, and that's why they're running it the way they're running it. The offensive line isn't opening any holes. Like, if they were opening holes, Zeke would at least get four or five yards. He's not getting anything. To your point, they're running up the middle. There's nothing there. You're running into a wall. You're running it just to run it because you have to run the ball uh, to have some type of balance. Uh, But to your point, the Tony Pollard play wasn't locked well. So even that on top of it, so it's like, it's, if, if one was just, if it was just like, if they could get Tony Pollard going and then there was some good blocking up front, it certainly would make you sit there and go, yeah, we'll just sit Zeke for a couple games or whatever. But then there's also the part of like, all right, so you put, you go into a game, Tony Pollard's your one, obviously. And then, you know, whoever they're going to put in there, Clement or whoever as your backup or whatever, like who's to say that that even clicks, like it might be just as much of a disaster. So at least you have Zeke on the, on the bench in case you want to bring him in for, for, you know, a handful of plays. I think that's what you got to do is just limit his workload to the point where he's not doing very much, but I just don't know if they can completely sit him out. I I don't, honestly, I don't have the answers. And when I watch these games, it's not like it's a one game thing. I don't know that they have the answers.
1: Well, I I got part of a solution that you can try. You can try giving Tony Pollard the ball more than you give the ball to Zeke. I mean, Zeke, Zeke had 13 carries and Tony Pollard had seven. Like you can try it (laughs) And, and it's okay. Uh, right he, just because you've paid one guy a contract it's okay uh it's clear no matter what Zeke will tell you it's clear when you watch him that his knee is hurt so it's just it's it needs to be it needs to be discussed it needs to be a serious discussion and I get the idea oh, I don't want to sit him uh, I want to keep him active I need him on pass pro I still need him to go out and get some snaps I get that but maybe give the other guy more carries like can we see that once? I would be happy with that. I do want to say this: the Saints have the fifth best rushing defense in the league, in terms of yards per game. Um, you know, it's a very good rushing defense. It's a very good defense, really. The Saints are, are, are a very good defense. Um, Dak doesn't look right. Um, he doesn't look right either. And I, I go back to a couple of things. Whenever Dak has looked bad in his career, to me, it's always been when he's been uncomfortable in the pocket and his footwork has looked a little messed up and Man, I think right now, I think his footwork looks pretty, pretty bad. I think it looks pretty sloppy. And I don't know if he's not comfortable. I don't know if he's questioning protection or what's going on, but something's going on there, man.
2: Yeah. And I don't think it's just on his throws either. Like he, just doesn't seem as mobile as he normally is either. Uh, you know, there's some blitzes that there wasn't much he could do, but even like when he's moving in the pocket and things like that, he just doesn't look like he's as mobile as he's been in the past. And maybe that's because he's second guessing some things that he's seen, or maybe it's just that he isn't a hundred percent right now. I, I, I don't, I don't know, but you're, you're right. He doesn't look like his normal self. I, I just, there's a, the other part of it is the fact that if the running game's not working, there's a certain element where the defense can pin their ears back on certain things and bring certain blitzes. And I thought Dennis Allen did a good job with that, uh, tonight for the saints, but also he has no continuity with these receivers either. Cause it seems like it's okay. One's out and then the next is out. Like, I guess, I guess that's kind of make an excuse because I think most quarterbacks would probably be happy if they could just had two out of the three and he had all three tonight. And obviously, you know, Amari was on a pitch count. I think he said it was going to be about 20, 25 plays. Uh, but when you have all three of those guys healthy, I just feel like that will eventually click. Like I don't have the major concerns there. the The, the major concerns is with that running game because, like I said, I just don't see this team going into playoffs and just being like, "Yeah, we'll put up forty points with the, with the offense just by throwing it all over the yard." We'll get some, we'll get interceptions and we'll get takeaways and we'll win games like that. Like, oh, I could see a playoff game or two being won like that, but I can't see you winning. You know, going to the Super Bowl playing like that.
1: Yeah, I, I thought, um, I think too, like the offensive line, we've had a bit of moving around. Uh, we've talked about all of that stuff. I still see like there's too, too many flashes in the first eight weeks of the season. Really, really up until that Denver game, there's too many flashes of what this offense can do. And then you look at, okay, that was the what we would call the gauntlet, three games in 12 days. So you got through it and – you know, now we can kind of start talking about getting guys healthy um, and, and trying to kind of peak as you hit the playoffs. I, I thought your analogy on last week's podcast was, hey, look what the Patri- uh, well, I mean, what the Buccaneers did last year when they were 7-5 and five and got hot. And that's what you're kind of, the, the focus is going to be. I just wonder if they're able to do that if Dak's not 100%. Because he doesn't look 100% right now. And it's not that Dak was bad either. I mean, Dak was fine. Um, and the interception was not on him either. I mean, he got hit as he threw it. He was fine. There's just something that you can when you're watching, you can tell is a little off. And that's disconcerting because that goes back to health.
2: Yeah, I mean, that could be that could be a possibility. One thing I would point to is, is something I was mentioning earlier today is just the fact of you watch that Lamar Jackson game throws four interceptions and the Ravens still find a way to win. Dak throws two interceptions and the Cowboys almost lose every single time. So it's like, can you win some games with this defense? And now that you have Randy Gregory coming back, it sounds like Neville Gallimore is going to be coming back pretty soon. Piece them together with Demarcus Lawrence and what Micah Parsons has been doing and Trayvon Diggs. You got some takeaways today. Uh, you know, J Ron curse continues to play. Well, uh, Demonte K. Z. had the pick, like, you know, you're, you're making some plays on defense, maybe against some of these, teams in the NFC East particularly that you have coming up that you're clearly better than maybe you got to win some of these games on defense while the offense is kind of figuring itself out. I know that sounds crazy because of the amount of money that's spent on this offense, but maybe that's what has to happen because it just, I mean, you'll take the win anytime you can get it, but there's just nobody that could sit there and watch this game and go, yeah, everything's fixed. I think, I think they're heading in the right direction. Like they're ready to go.
1: Yeah, you know, Washington next week is their, their third in the league in rushing yards per game allowed. So it's going to be another test and see if they can start moving some bodies up front. We obviously know how much Washington's invested in that uh, defensive line, man. I thought Anthony Brown was really good. That was good to see a rebound game from him. He was really good. And it's not like the saints are running out uh, anything in the caliber of Amari Cooper or CD or Michael Gallup, but and they
2: were targeting him. It, it, look, it was th- very clear that they saw the game plan and they watched the Raiders game and they were going to go after Anthony Brown. They did it several times in this game.
1: They absolutely did. And, and he held up nicely. So, uh, and also, of course, you have Trayvon Diggs getting another pick. Um, and then the J-Ron Curse play, I thought, was huge too. I mean, that take, that takes points off the board. It's like the J-Ron Curse play of the week. There's always one, like, really big game-changing play from J-Ron curse. It's that has been a really cool development this year.
2: Yeah, he's, he's one of those guys that, you know, he signs the, the one-year deal and you're just kind of like, yeah, I think he'll help out. He'll add some good depth. And he's turned into a guy where you're like – they have to resign him. Like he's just too valuable to the defense. He just does a ton of different things from that safety slash kind of like a linebacker type position. Uh, they call the big nickel. Um, yeah, he, he, he was, and that play was at such a, a big time too. I mean, cause that's the thing, like the Cowboys, I thought throughout looked like they were the better team overall. Yeah but you just keep letting a team like that hang around in this building, in this environment, like this night game, people have been drinking all day. Like, I mean, it was loud in there. Like it always is, but you give them too much momentum. Like I'll tell you what I thought was kind of interesting is, so I don't know if they show this on the TV at all, but like right after they came out and did the, both teams ran out. Then they did Trying to think it was, they did the national anthem and it was right before the coin toss. Like, Everyone's starting to get loud in the stadium, and Taysom Hill is running to the middle of the field. It you know what it was? It was right after the coin toss. That's what it was. And there was like, you know, you can tell like they're kind of getting ready to get everybody on the field. Taysom Hill is running in the middle of the field without his helmet on, just getting the crowd like pumped up, waving his arms, and it, the place was getting loud. I was just kind of like, okay, this is kind of interesting. I've never seen another quarterback do this like before. Like either team even takes the field, like it was it was interesting. I mean, this place was certainly rocking. It was certainly ready to try and hang in there. And and see if they could pull out a win. But, you know, just talking to people down here, they don't think very highly of the Saints. And and if you took away the fact that Sean Payton is the coach and thinking what the Saints were in the past and you just went into this game as the first time you've ever seen the Saints play, you wouldn't think of them as any like daunting task great team or anything like that. I mean, that's a that's a bad football team with all the injuries they have.
1: Yeah, all the injuries and then obviously the bad quarterback play. Well, just you know, part of injuries, of course. You said you've never seen a quarterback do that. I was like, well, he's not really a quarterback. Like he's yeah, that's true. That's he's, true. I mean, that's it was amazing. The only point in the game where it looked like the Saints were a better football team was about the five play span where the play was snap it to Taysom oh, Hill and he runs up the middle. That was the only <laughs> demoralizing thing that happened to the Cowboys. This is the only time the Saints didn't look like they were hanging on by a thread. Well, was, Ask again,
0: what kind of dirt? Is Taysom Hill. Have on the
2: Saints. we need to know. I, I, I have no idea, but, <laughs> but, but I, I mean, they're at a point where it's just like, I don't know. You look at all these teams in the league. Like if Dak was to go down the way Jameis did and he was lost for the year, just like he was last year. Like, yeah, the Cowboys had Andy Dalton, but like how many teams really have like a backup like that, that you're just like, yeah, no, if this guy goes down, we can plug this guy in for the next seven games. And we still have a chance to make the playoffs. Like, that's just the way it goes. It just, there just isn't enough good ones to go around. It's kind of like offensive linemen. Like when I woke up this morning and I saw that report that Ryan Ramchak and Taryn Armstead weren't going to play, I was like, Oh my God. Like that's because you know how hard it is to have two good offensive tackles. Most teams don't even have one. You're not just going to plug in the number three and number four guy and keep rolling. Offensive tackles are just so hard to find, you know, and, and they're missing Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, both are starting offensive tackles. They're starting left guard and there was one other I don't know basically they had four of their regular starters were in the the game on offense I mean so it was going to be ugly uh for them you know there was just even the way the game started I was just kind of like Taysom Hill is going to have to just really take some chances and play some yolo ball out here to pull this thing out
1: like the game it it never felt close it was 13-7 and you know, on the TV copy again, they're talking about how Sean Payton was very happy with the uh, with the outcome of the first half. Like, oh, a one-score game? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All in on that. Um, that's right. I mean, I think that Tony Pollard play is so huge to bust the game open like that. I, I don't know if I have – I don't know if I think think that like I, – I know for sure that I don't think that Kellen has lost it or anything like that. Because I I did think – I almost thought Troy was being a little unfair at the time. And I know he was talking about running clock and stuff like that. And if you follow social media, it's people kind of going in on Kellen. It's like, man, I think, I think any offense that's not capable of running the ball is not – it's going to have some, some big-time problems. I mean, even the, the high-powered offenses need it. The, the, the Tampa Bay thing that we were talking about at the beginning of the year, like, okay, well, Tom Brady's going to throw it 50 times a game. That's not sustainable. And they figured out a way to get the running game going. I think a big part of getting the running game going, I don't know there's not a lot of room to run right now, I think a big part of getting the running game going is getting Zeke healthy. I mean, we talked so much about Zeke being good, man. Zeke is not right, and he's still going to get number one running back type carries on this team. But KC,
2: don't you feel like they need to still have the same five offensive linemen from game to game? Don't you think that that's part of it, too? You know, the whole idea of, like, is it going to be Conor McGovern this week? Is it is it not um, going to be him? Like, what about
1: that? You know what, dude? It is no coincidence that this all kind of started. And I mean, Maybe it started a little bit uh, before this. But, man, the the, the Conor McGovern-Conor Williams switch is still strange to me. And I get it. Conor Williams, is contract will be up, and he's probably not a part of the long-term plans here. But, man, I feel like there's something there. I feel like there's something there. And it's not like I just noticed you know, Connor McGovern getting dunked on or anything, but if cohesion is something that they preach and something that they're looking for, it was weird for them to not have that uh, very much. Maybe they're trying to get it moving forward. Maybe trying to get it worked out. And those types of things can't happen after a few weeks. I mean, Tyler Biotish was the guy who we talked about as being the weak link of the offensive line. You know what? He's been really good. Like, he, and he's, like, gotten over a few bad games earlier in the year, and he's been really good. So, I, I, I kind of don't know what to think. And I guess it's hard to tell until you start, like, watching the tape and, like, breaking down the linemen and, you know, where it's clear, like, who's getting beat and who's not getting beat, that type of thing. But I, I know one thing that's very obvious. I've got a more explosive and healthy running back who's capable of doing a little more with the football. And I can say that. I could say that without the, the the game-breaking touchdown run. I mean, Zeke's still doubling him up in carries there. And, and Zeke's just a different guy since the first month of the season. And and that's, well, first six games of the season. And that's maybe just how it is for running backs who have been through the gamut like he has through his career. And I just think there's, there's an obvious change that they should experiment with and find out if that's part of the problem.
2: It's not only the burst, it's the vision, too.
1: Well, my problem
2: is that I watch like a Green Bay. I watch like a Tampa Bay. And while they have these you know, legendary quarterbacks, they still have ways to run the ball. And it's not like they're completely healthy either. And they find ways to get their running backs yards, late in games, to run out the clock, and and, and just keep the, you know, basically seal the win. And I don't get no faith at all that this team can even do that right now against any any defense that that you would yeah. be playing. And I, I should let I me mean, let me let me take that back. There are certain some certainly some teams at the bottom end of, of the NFL. I'm talking about teams that like you would be playing in the playoffs, even in the first round. Like I don't think they can consistently run the ball against anybody to, to run out a game right now.
1: Yeah, no, no, you're right. I mean, they're, look, they're in a funk, um, and I don't know. I don't know how far this stretches. I don't know if this stretches to all the way to Kellen. I don't know if it stretches. Uh, I mean, it, it, it feels like it's a bunch of little things, though, doesn't it? Like, the offensive line is obviously a big thing. Running the ball, that's a big, broad thing. But we talked a little bit about Dak. We talked a little about, okay, we got to get Amari Cooper healthy and back going, and, and hopefully COVID doesn't hold him back, uh, although he had a couple of big catches tonight. Um, CeeDee Lamb looked great. Michael Gallup looked great. You know, you're starting to see a little bit of, of – activity in the air like getting C.D. Lamb going and, and the Michael Gallup, you know, touchdown catch and Dalton Schultz kind of getting involved for five catches. Okay, and you start to see this thing. There's some things from early in the year. What was making the offense so unstoppable was that you couldn't predict what they were going to do. And right now, I think you can easily predict what they're going to do. I mean if you're watching the game, it's very easy to tell because they're putting themselves into predictable situations.
2: Well and they like to talk a good game at the beginning of the year saying things like well, we well, you can just pick your poison. If you want to stop the run, we'll throw. If you want to stop the throw, then we'll run. And and they're not really like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not really, they weren't really balanced like that. It sounded good on paper, but they weren't really balanced like that, you know? And, and, and that's coming back to, I mean, you're really seeing that now.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Is there any, uh, um, I think, I mean, I know Schultz got banged up. CJ Goodwin got banged up for a minute, but he went back in the game. Well, kind of, for the most part, got out injury-free tonight, right?
2: Yeah, nothing. nothing that I noticed, nothing that, you know, like t- for an example, I noticed after, or, or while, while this play was going on, I knew that Cedric Wilson was in bad shape uh, at, at, towards the end of the last game. You can just tell on the sidelines by which doctors are talking to to the player, you know, just the, the you know, the way the player's reacting uh, to the injury and, and things like that. I didn't get the sense that any injuries were like that today where you're like, Ooh, this might be one that, you know, we're going to be going to like practice this week. And they're like, yeah, so-and-so is out today. Like I didn't get that at all. I mean, There was probably for maybe about 10 seconds on the Dalton Schultz. There looked to be some concern down there, but then when he hopped up, went to the sidelines, he looked like he was pretty much good to go. And then obviously he came back in the game and made some big catches after that as well. So he would be the only one that, you know, that, that kind of stood out to me, but you know, to, to answer your question after the game is over, this wasn't like it under Jason Garrett, but under Mike McCarthy, generally what happens is either Mike McCarthy or Rich Dalrymple, uh, who's obviously in charge of their PR will announce what injuries there are. If there's anybody that has to come in immediately the next day to be evaluated and things like that. And when asked specifically about that after the game today, Rich said that, that he didn't have any that he could think of. So, uh, you know, good news. Yeah. That seems like good news. Yeah.
1: Good news. And you got a long week here. Now you gotta, you don't play again for 10 days. So you got a little chance to kind of rest up and, uh, get everyone right. And, and things like that, obviously getting healthy. Uh, hopefully the COVID is out of the building for the most part, um, you know, one thing I, I wanted to throw out there too, uh, uh, John was something, um, about the, the refs, because we talked so much about the refs last week, man, how big of a call was that, uh, phantom call on the saints for the blind block? It felt like that thing was changing the momentum of the game a little bit too.
2: No, no, it, that, yeah, for sure. And I'm, and, and that's one that, you know, Cowboys fans are probably be like, yeah, we could have used a couple of them last week. It just, I don't know, man, it's just kind of the way it is. Like, yeah, obviously refs are going to impact all, you know, every game, you know, whatever sport it is, but you know, the really good teams seem to be able to find a way to play through that stuff and overcome it, you know? And yeah, a lot of times it sets you back and, and and it's obviously not ideal, but you got to play through it because on the other end, there could be a call like that that goes, goes for you. So it made no sense to me. Uh, I, I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, I don't know. I just, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's because I, Maybe the TV copy looked different. I just, that was the first time that I think I've seen the saints since I've covered the Cowboys. So that's the entire time Sean Payne's been there. That's the worst saints team I've seen the, the Cowboys play. So it was yeah. never like where I was like, okay, so, oh, so that doesn't get called. The saints take the lead. Like the Cowboys should be able to come back and beat them still. And if they don't, that's their own damn fault. And they have nobody to blame, but themselves. Cause that saints team, like I said, it's not good. That ain't the, that ain't the Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, uh, Elvin Kamara saints. That's for sure.
1: No, that was a problematic Saints team. A, a team that's not very fun to watch. But I, I walked away from the game. All in all, you're never mad at a, a win. You're never mad about a win on Thursday night in the Superdome. Um, especially with you know how things went last week. But Well, you know what's
2: thing we haven't talked about, KT? Like it's gonna be glossed over because they won and, and and they were clearly a better team. But uh, I don't think you can just take for granted that the the moves that they had to make on the coaching staff for this game, not having Absolutely. Mike McCarthy, having Dan Quinn step up. I mean, heck, Will McClay was was on the sidelines, you know, with a headset on. You know, I mean, how many guys? How many how many teams have the guy that runs their draft on the sidelines? You know, now now Will does stuff like that during the game. Dan said it was the same, similar to the same stuff that he did. Uh, he does during the game where it's you know it's different like watching things uh personnel things and stuff like that on defense but like you know it just a lot of guys had to fill in uh, Lunda Wells the tight ends coach had to coach the offensive line and so you add that on top of it you're certainly going to take any win you can get it doesn't matter what team it's against uh, when your head coach is back at home watching uh, watching it on TV and he has no way to contact you
1: no no and, and actually too uh, you also combine all that you're right that that can't get glossed over that's very important And also the defense uh, getting turnovers. Obviously, they're going to win when they get turnovers uh, most of the time. Trayvon Diggs, you know, right place, right time. Micah Parsons, the ability to wreck a game. And that third and two play, Taysom Hill didn't even have time to throw the ball away because Micah Parsons had swallowed him up. But at the end, I sit there and go, good win, plenty of time to figure it out, but still not convinced you're a title contender. That's where I'm at. I think I think it's close. I think it's close, and there's time to figure it out. But feel less, you know, I'm still not there. Like you, right. it would have to all be a little right. more Let's convincing. Talk. I
2: like I like this. Let's talk this out real quick. I think this is a good topic. You're bringing this up. So am I foolish to believe that they could just be nasty up front if Randy, Demarcus Lawrence, and Micah Parsons are all healthy? and that that will have a trickle down effect to the rest of the defense. I'm asking you seriously cuz I don't know, but that's just kind of what I think could happen is that just me uh am I being too glass half full with that?
1: No, not at all. I think that's I think that's possible. And by the way, he, I know he was uh, you know, not going full board tonight, but man, I thought DeMarcus Lawrence was pretty good when he was in there. He's pretty noticeable.
2: Oh my god, just so he, I I would say I don't know, like again, the press box at, at uh, Superdome, I mean, is very, very high up. But I don't know. Like, I thought he was pretty close to getting that ball uh, that he knocked out of Taysom Hill's hand. They ended up r- ruling it uh, uh, an incomplete pass. But, like, a play like that, I mean, that's the type of stuff that Demarcus Lawrence can do and Randy Gregory can do. And, and obviously, I don't know. I feel like every game I watch, Micah Parsons, he gets better. So, I guess the reason I'm bringing this up is because that's what I think is going to happen. And I'm just wondering if you think that that's just being like two glass half full.
1: No, 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 no. I, I, I think I think what you're saying is fair. You need, you, and I, I think KT, it's the, KT, the I, feel
2: like when I KT, when I say that stuff, I feel like I'm sounding a little bit like Jerry does on Tuesdays and Fridays on the radio, and I don't want people to think that I'm, like, buying into all of that when he says that stuff, but I do believe that when he does say, like, the cavalry's on the way type
1: stuff, so. Well, no, no, and there's a lot of teams who are kind of banking on that, though, you know, who, who are building towards this. Look, the teams who go make the playoffs every year, know what the formula is. The formula is you get through a lot of it and then you start building up. And that's why you see these a, a lot of the same teams in the playoffs every year. You know They know what they're doing. And this is what I think McCarthy's got a potential to really build here. He understands that. He understands how to get guys healthy. It's why the, the Zeke thing is very questionable to me because McCarthy's always been a guy who's like, we got to keep guys healthy for the playoffs. And I think he'll understand that. And I think he does understand that. But I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, no, no one can accuse you of that, John. Because we just spent thirty minutes after a win in New Orleans, and we were mainly kind of talking about questions about the offense that we still have. And a part of that is because the offense set a high bar. Like, if the offense isn't setting, you know, some historical, uh, uh, historical records in the first couple months of the season, then maybe we're not questioning the offense as much. You know, we're questioning it because. It's there, and the potential is there, and the and the chess pieces are there, but something's off, and it's hard to identify exactly what's off outside of just not being able to go maul someone up front.
2: Yeah, for sure. I just there's a part of me that kind of is always trying to factor in like what else is out there, and and don't get me wrong, like Tampa Bay, Green Bay, I certainly put them above them, but like after that, there just aren't many teams where I'm like, well, they're dealing with this, this, and this. And the Cowboys are dealing with this, this, and this. And if someone can get theirs corrected, maybe they can hang in and beat like a, a Packers or a Buccaneers type thing. You know, like I certainly don't think that they're the favorite right now, but I, they haven't done enough for me to say they, could, they couldn't They could beat one of those teams if they, if they, if they played well on yeah. both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah, let me, and, and I think what I said, I want to clean up what I said a little bit. I feel like th- this team right here that we've seen the last few weeks, that team to me doesn't have a, Big chance to go beat the Bucks. Definitely but that not. Team that, that, but that team that played on week one absolutely did. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's kind of just and it's kind of just finding that. And I think I think it's there. It's just harnessing it and finding it. And teams adjust in this league all the time, you know. So like I get all of that. So yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of I don't I just I think they're just a little a little bit. They're I, I kind of view them the same way I view the Rams right now. Man, I take you. I take you pretty seriously, but I don't take you as seriously as maybe I could be taking you. Sure,
2: sure. That's fair. That's fair. And that would be that would be an interesting matchup right now if those two teams played each other because neither of them is playing as well as you would expect them or or should be playing with all of the talent that either of them have. You know. Uh, yeah. It, but oh, go on.
1: Well, aren't conditions? And maybe we'll talk about this later. Later in the week, you know. But aren't conditions that they feel kind of set up for another ugly game in Washington?
2: Oh yeah. Absolutely. I don't I mean, the only way I'll say it it wouldn't be is if because of the fact of let's say, you know, Dak and, and Amari and CD and Michael Gallup are like all on the same page and they don't and they just get out early. Their first couple of series, they're just moving the ball, get out to an early 14 nothing lead and everything kind of just goes in because the... this is a team I mean I know every team likes to play with the lead this team is way better when they have the lead as opposed to playing from behind so there is that scenario where if they just got out to a decent lead early they can kind of pull away and maybe Washington kind of gives in a little bit and then the running game starts working again for the Cowboys that's a possibility I don't think that that's going to happen though I do think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be very similar to this game it might be ugly and I don't think that the Cowboys are if I expect the Cowboys to win because they're the better team, but I don't think it's going to be by very much. I think it's going to be about, you know, three to four points.
1: Well, good win. Uh, Is there anything else that you want to get to while we're here? Um, We'll be back, obviously, uh, in the middle of the week next week to get you ready for the Cowboys and the football team. Um, And now, you know, a weekend where the Cowboys can kind of sit and uh, watch obviously, uh, I believe uh, Arizona plays. Well, that's one of the teams you might be chasing in the conference. I know Green Bay has a bye. Uh, I think the I think the, are the Rams off this week too. Uh, I'll figure it out. So yeah, I mean, it's like if you're kind of still in that scoreboard watch Jaguars one. Rams Jaguars <laughs> Rams. Oh man, uh, and who does Tampa Bay have? Um, pulling it up. They play
2: the
0: um, Falcons. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Probably not gonna get a lot of help this weekend um, from the teams in front of you, but uh, it's always fun to to get. And look, this team needs—they need a, a big week uh, to rest up. They need to—they need to heal up and rest up. So it is good that they'll finally get a long week. Hopefully, get everyone healthy and and get the COVID stuff out of the way. Um, Johnny, anything else live from the Superdome? No, no. How I, was the Mavs
2: game, John? <laughs> Mavs got a Mavs got a dub, right? Yeah, it had a little bit of a feel of a uh small college type game. There just weren't a lot of people there. I mean, you get in you get in the into the stadium for six dollars. So uh to the people that did get in for six dollars, uh Luca Doncic is worth the price of admission to just watch him shoot around for for two or three hours for six bucks. So uh yeah, it was I don't know, just like It's just weird because it's still an NBA game, but there's really, like, nobody in the upper bowl, which is kind of odd because, like I said, most NBA games, you'll at least have a, you know, the people, like the upper bowl, at least somewhat filled on the sides. uh, Maybe not behind the baskets, but it was just, yeah, you can just tell. without If if Zion's on the court for them, there isn't a lot of interest down here. But, uh, no, in terms of the Cowboys, nothing else, really, I have, uh, you know, I I wish I, I... you know, we come out of these games, especially when I'm looking, when I'm formulating what I'm going to write during the game, you like things to be like real obvious and clean and and like convincing wins or brutal losses because they're the easiest to write about. This was just an ugly win. You just take it and you just keep moving on with it. And that in the end of the season, you know, if you have, you know, whatever, 12, 13 wins or something. You just look back and you're just like, Hey, I'm glad that, you know, we got that one over there. It was an ugly game, but we'll take what we can get and just keep stacking up these wins and hopefully improves where you are in the playoffs. But yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing that should all of a sudden motivate you and think, Oh yeah, they're ready. They're ready for the Packers or bucks. But fortunately for them, they don't have to be right now. They still have five games for that.
1: Yeah. They just got to get ready for Taylor Heineke. So uh, all right, well, John, thank you very much uh, for your time. Be safe coming home, and we'll talk to you uh, a little bit later in the week. Uh, there he goes, Father John Machado, live from the Superdome. Cowboys win 27-17. Uh, also, thank you to our producer, Kent Garrison, as well. Keep following everyone here at The Athletic, because uh, everyone's doing a bunch of cool stuff, and uh, keep following all the podcasts and stuff. We're going to talk to you later in the week. Actually, early next week is the way this one will go, because this is a Thursday night game. We'll talk to you uh, middle of the week next week to get you ready for Cowboys and the football team. Cowboys are 8-4. and four. Join us next time on About Them Cowboys. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God <laughs> bless. <laughs>